This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Invest Talk. It is Wednesday, May 20th, 2020. And of course, we all know uh, new states, all the various states are reopening. The economic t- activity is resuming. I rode my bike down to the beach this afternoon and back, and I see that the Dayton Point beaches are all open. But then as I head south on Pacific Coast Highway, I notice the next city down, San Clemente, are still closed. So I don't know. It's kind of piecemeal and hopscotch around wherever they're opening. At least it's starting to opening. We're starting to see our lives return to some semblance of normal, even though it's fairly slow. I'm sure you've seen the protests. There are protests out there. They're nonviolent. People want to get back to normal, want to get back to work. And, you know, we got to do it. We have to do it. We just have to do it safely. You know, state capitals around the country, you know, some... It seems like to me someone of uh, just throw around a lot of their power to see how much power they're drunk with power. Some, you know, are being very, very careful about opening, and some are being more aggressive. I don't know which is right, but it is interesting that everybody has a different idea of what should be done. But you know, people want to get back to work. They need to get back to work. Need to. Despite the, the dangers, they'll, you know, I think, I, I think people are adult enough to know that they have to wear a mask, they got to have some distance. I, I think, you know, I think they know that th- those are things they have to do. They're just tired of being told what they should have to do. So I think you're seeing, well, I think it's going to have more and more pressure to open back up. I just think it, think it is. Especially when the, when the experts have been so wrong about the number of, People who are going to get the virus and the number of deaths, and maybe you can credit them for shutting everything down because of that. But they've been super off about the uh, the, the the dangers uh, spread. They have not been off about the the uh, the, the, the uh, speed of its spread. This virus spreads much faster than the other kinds of virus. Seems to me that's what it seems like. So that's why the mass and the distancing is very important. But as far as con- containing it, it seems like they've been contained a lot sooner than anybody ever expected. We'll see. You know, it's still there. You know, it's nothing's not over. That's for sure. Now, of course, as an investor, you know we, you know, this show is about investing, and the COVID nineteen virus certainly impacts our investments. So we just got to take that into consideration. Okay, whatever it does to slow down or disrupt our goal, which is, of course, financial freedom, we have to deal with it. So we deal with it. That's what the show is help. help the show is all about is helping you deal with these unforeseen, un, unexpected events. They happen. They happen all the time. Different kinds, different ones. We call this a black swan event. It, you know, it, that it's just out of very rare, and it comes out of left field. You never see it. But it does come. You never see it coming, that's for sure. Anyway, we've got a lot of market news and financial questions to unpack today. For investors, we happen, you know, the mark, what happens in the stock market, there's been a lot of interesting things today that, that we're going to talk about. i got to talk about them because it happened. Uh, but we, in large part, 
this determines our ability to achieve financial freedom. What what happens in not only in our uh, government, but and you know things like this coronavirus, things like uh, you know, did you see the laws being passed about China stocks today? Things like that. You have to stay attuned of what's happening. So. That's what we're here for. This is a call-in show. I want you to call and ask any questions you want financially. Okay, so I'm ready to take your calls, your questions at 888-99-CHART. I'm Steve Peasley. I hope you'll call me because you drive the show. You make it interesting. So, you know, you know through this Invest Talk radio program and podcast, Justin and I can help you become better investors. Okay, one way we do that is we we, we all we have a philosophy. I, You've heard me talk about it millions of times. I don't like buying stocks that don't make money. I don't buy stocks that don't make money. I have a philosophy of buying, don't overpay for stuff. We we try to we try to give out unbiased guidance. We do that all the time. That's our goal here to help you with this. We're trying to grow our money, my money too. I want to grow my money too, not just yours. I grow all of ours, all my clients with my own. To talk to you, you call 888-99 chart. And of course, during this stay-at-home situation, that we're finally opening up a little bit, we have Justin and I have canceled all our trips, uh, so we've been doing portfolio reviews uh, through Skype or in the office or through emails and telephone conversations. So you don't have to procrastinate; you still can do it, especially now. I mean, you know, it's hard right now. What are you supposed to do with your money? I've had clients or, or people call me, I'm in cash. I got out and got scared. What should I do now? You know, number one, don't get completely scared. Uh, get scared out of the market. You know, you don't just dump everything and leave. That's not a wise decision. It's It, it never has been. Never. So don't do that in the future. So, but how do you, that, that's why we have these portfolio reviews to talk about, you know, how do you deal with these, you know, these situations where it scares you half to death? That happens every so often, you know, in the stock market. Look at the dot com collapse, the financial collapse. That was two thousand, two thousand eight, and now here it is, two thousand twenty. Three in the last twenty years. Not unusual. So, anyways, if you we would love to talk to you. Okay, go to investtalk.com, send me an email, and we'll set up an appointment. Okay, let's go to Glenn and Pleasanton. Let's talk about the cruise lines. Glenn. Yeah, I'm wondering if uh, what would be your signal to get back in? And that's, that's just my question. What would be your signal to get back in? Get back into the cruise lines? Yeah. Would you wait until they're making money again, uh, of which point their price would probably be much higher, or would you yeah, be too start high. dollar cost averaging into them? I, I hate to tell you this, but I probably wouldn't, I'm probably not going to get back into the cruise lines. I probably won't. Because, you know, they pack a lot of people on those ships in a confined area. And I think they're going to have a trouble for a, many, a number of years. So I, I'm just too frightened of that type of scenario. Now, if you really wanted to take a risk, I would get in, you know, with money that you know that if you lose it, you lose it. That means a small amount of money. Do it now. 
get in now because they're cheap. But, you know, it's it's kind of rolling the dice because some of these cruise lines may not make it. I don't know which ones won't, but some of them are may not make it. Glenn, appreciate the call. Thank you. You're listening to Invest Talk. I'm Steve Pizza, and yes, the economy is reopening in phases, but this is going to take some time. You need to take steps now to optimize your portfolio now, especially because of the recent market volatility. So I encourage you to reach out to me or Justin at our KPP Financial Office in Irvine, California. We can help you. We want to help you. So give us a call. And now I'm here and ready to provide unbiased answers to your financial investment questions. We're taking your calls live, 888-99-CHART. You are listening to Invest Talk, and there's now some optimism in the air with states reopening and economic activity resuming. So you'll have finance and investment questions, and Steve and Justin welcome your calls, 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. Let's talk to Peter in Dallas. Peter. Hi, uh, Steve. Uh, thank you for taking the call. I want to ask you what thank do you, you think of these two ETFs. CLI is a biotech uh, genome company. And the next one is uh-huh. ETF is uh, AIQ is uh, analytic. I'd like to hear your comment. Uh, is it time to go in okay. to buy these two? Thank you very much, Steve. Okay, let's. Let, I, I can. I can get you one. Let's take AIQ. That's an exchange-traded uh, fund seeking to track the performance of the index, artificial intelligence, and big data index. Now, I like that area a lot. As far as the future growth, um, I think it's going to continue. This is a very, very, very small uh, ETF. Global X future. Uh, analytical tech, I guess, is the name of the ETF. It's 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 just it's so small. I mean, there's only forty three thousand shares traded, and it came out in June of two thousand eighteen. So it's a very very lightly traded index, but I do like the place where they are, and just just briefly, I do like biotech also. I think that's another uh, area that just is going to keep growing. And I think because of this coronavirus, I think biotech and drug companies are, th- are going to be pretty uh, favorable looked at by the investing public. So I like both those areas. Okay? Thanks for the call. Appreciate that. You listen to, to Best Talk, everybody. Love to talk to you. My, uh, let's go to – no, my main talking point today concerns this report from Morgan Stanley – Today's stock market looks like March 2009, before the longest bull run in history. That's what Morgan Stanley is saying. The head of the U.S. equity strategy at Morgan Stanley. So he's not just some schmo. He's the head of their equity strategy. So he is pretty bullish, is he not? I also want to talk about the government's pumping cash into big companies, leaving some of the smaller mid sub companies behind. I want to talk about oil rig counts, oil rigs that count. You know, that's how they keep track of how much oil is being, one of the ways they keep track of how much oil is being produced and how many rigs are in operation, how many rigs are out there pumping oil. And coronavirus, coronavirus summer fun. 
Okay, coronavirus is damping all our summer fun. So how about some ideas to have some fun, even though coronavirus is here? So I'm going to talk about that, a little, little something a little less heavy. Okay, that's what our talking points. Of course, you come first. Whatever you want to talk about is always first up, not what I want to talk about. Okay, hold on a second. Got a cough there. Excuse me. Okay, um, so the question is, is today's stock market similar, right now where we're standing, similar to March of 2009? Remember, March of 2009 was the bottom, the bottom of the bear market starting back in 2008. Bottomed, I think, is March. I don't remember the exact date, but it was right at the beginning of March in 2009. And what Morgan Stanley is saying is the pattern after hitting the bottom, March of 2009, looks the same after hitting the bottom in this March from the coronavirus. And the move up from that looks the same to them. Therefore, they're calling for a bull market. Bull market. I think that is optimistic. That's a, I think that's an optimistic comparison because it took what? 12, 6, 18 months to work to get to the bottom in March of 2009. So beforehand, it took a long time. This one took a month. So now you're comparing something that took over a year to get to the bottom versus something that took just a month. And then you're saying coming from that bottom, it looks the same. I don't know. I think that's, I think that's being over uh, simplifying the whole situation. I know he's probably a lot smarter than me. He's Morgan Stanley's chief investment guy. I get it. But, uh, you know, I've been around a long time. I'm telling you, things don't happen exactly the same over and over again. It They tend to be the, similar, but they're, they're talking about, oh, it looks almost just like it, just like it. No, well, give it a little bit more time. Let's see. Let's see. Be nice if it's true. I'm not necessarily buying. On the next Invest Talk, most Americans describe their lost jobs as temporary layoffs, but they might be wrong. That prediction comes from the University of Chicago and was calculated by combining historical data with survey results. Are they correct? 888 99Chart. Invest Talk is made possible by KPP Financial, where Invest Talk hosts and KPP principals Steve Peasley and Justin Klein practice parallel investing. That means Steve and Justin's accounts participate with Klein Investments at equal prices and percentages. You can learn more about parallel investing at investtalk.com. 99 chart. Let's talk to Keith in San Diego. Wants to talk about Wells Fargo and Company. Keith. Hello. Hi. Uh, just How you doing? curious. Number one, fine. Hope you're doing well. Uh, curious as to if you think that Wells Fargo is a good buy at this point, and then number two, if the uh, dividend, if you believe the dividend is safe at this rate. I do believe the dividend is fairly safe, yes. The dividend right now is 8.3% because the stock is at $24. It's falling really, really hard because the cash flow is almost $5 a share. 
Okay, but earnings are going to go down to a dollar share this year from $4.53 last year, then recover nicely next year to $2.63. So forward-looking, that's about a 10 PE. But that 8.3% dividend looks awful attractive. Now, the stock has not recovered like the market. None of the banks. The banks still look pretty beat up. But you know, a company like Wells Fargo, that's $100 billion in size, even though sales got crushed in their March quarter, 20% down. I'm feeling, Keith, that might be time to dip your toe in in a bank or two. I'm not, I'm still nervous about that whole sector yet. But man, when the, the, this is the problem with banking, Keith, is that the interest rates are so low, they're going to have a hard time making money because the interest rates are so low. So their spread is really tight. And so, therefore, going forward, they won't be able to make as much money as they used to. So, how much now does that mean? But but you're looking at a stock that's really cheap. You know, so it's kind of like, okay, Keith, I'm going to say you can, you can put your toe in. Toe could get clipped off. But also, I think that this really could do well. I think you could buy, buy, you're buying at a low price. And you're getting a decent dividend while you're waiting for it to recover. If it takes three years to recover, at least you made 8% on your money for those three years, right? Can't complain. There's plenty of upside. Good call, well, Keith. It appears. All right, thank you. Yeah. There. Good luck with it. I hope it works. The bad side, the only downside is that their profit margins are getting squeezed because of low interest rates. But, you know, banks figure it out. I think banks will figure out how to make profits. They always have. Um and big banks, you know, the government's going to support big banks. We all know that. Did last time in the financial crisis. They're going to not let big banks go under. Okay, let's keep things moving. We'll go back to Invest Talk Voice Bank. The caller came in. Here's a new investor question. It came in earlier today at 888-99-CHART. Hi, I am a new listener and a new investor. I'm about to be getting some money around five six thousand dollars i'm looking to invest i'm just wanting to know if now is a good time to invest in the stock market and what are some key factors i need to be looking for as i choose my investment options thank you well i would stick with the ets and uh, indexes uh, broader broader indexes so that you can get a lot of diversification the market has made a pretty large run up can it continue of course it can uh, so I would probably take a with five thousand dollars. I would probably take a dollar cost average approach. Put a thousand in, buy an ETF now, and every couple of weeks buy another thousand, and four more weeks. Uh, let's see, thousand, yeah, four thousand, two or six. So in two months or so, you'll be in. And if the market pulls down, just keep your buying every couple of weeks. That's what you want. You you want the market to come down so you can buy a cheaper, a cheaper stock cheaper ETF, exchange-traded fund for an index. So I would do that, that kind of, especially if you're not, you know, if you're new to the the whole investment game, yeah, be very careful. You, you want your diversification. Have you seen that Lowe's Hardware and Supply Stores had a very nice earnings report? For the first quarter ended May 1st, Lowe's, symbol L-O-W, reported a beat on their earnings and revenue as Americans stayed home and invested in improving their homes. 
And did you notice Home Depot, Lowe's, they got to stay open the whole time. How come they, that really, see, people look at that, okay? The people look at that and say, why are they open? What makes their business so critical than all the other businesses? What makes their business more important than the guy who cuts hair down the street? I, I mean, I think that's what a lot of people are looking at. I know myself did. I'm I'm happy for those. I'm okay. They stayed open. Great. Their revenue was up ten percent, almost twenty billion dollars. I mean, great. That's great. Same source sales were up eleven percent versus three point three percent that was expected. Great for them. And because most people staying home, they want to do something, so they worked on their house. I understand that. I'm talking about that. I'm talking about why weren't they shut down with the rest of the businesses out there? What made them so different? I don't see. I didn't. I didn't see the big difference there. Just my personal opinion. Okay, we we got a trivia question here before the break. We saw news today that mortgage applications uh, increased by six percent in just one week. There so there's pent up demand. We're near record low mortgage rates, right? So I have to go to break. Here's the question: Mortgage rates have shown volatility over the decades, but looking back. What was the record low average for a 30-year fix in 2012? That's the year it was record low. What was it? And which year did the average rate hit a high mark? I'll have the answers after the break. But now we are taking your mark on financial questions live, 888-99-CHART. At the start of each new day, we are presented with opportunities. The chance to learn better ways of doing things. The prospect for establishing stronger business connections. But as you go about your daily routine, there's one task, one challenge you should not put off. The need to plan for and work toward achieving financial freedom. That point in the future when your money, your assets are working for you while you work only if you want to. Getting from here to there to your idea of financial freedom is possible. However, serious investors eventually recognize that unless they can afford to devote the time and efforts required to thoroughly understand market dynamics, to properly balance, optimize, and maintain their portfolios, expert guidance will be essential. The moment that spark of reality hits, you will want to consult with Steve Peasley and Justin Klein of KPP Financial in Irvine, California. KPP Financial consultations are unbiased, offered without cost or obligation, and designed to help guide individuals toward their ultimate financial objectives. The next highly beneficial step for your investing future can start when you reach out to Steve or Justin via Skype, a phone call, or a quick message through investtalk.com. You are listening to Invest Talk. The COVID-19 pandemic has turned everything upside down. But are we now seeing some light at the end of the tunnel? You've got finance and investment questions. Steve Peasley and Justin Klein have answers. Call Invest Talk. 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. Okay, so I asked a uh, trivia question mortgage about mortgage rates, and they've been pretty volatile over the decades, right? So let's talk about the average uh, cost for a 30-year fixed. 
the lowest mark, the low mark was 2012. Okay, do you know what the number was? You know, that was a low mark. Well, a little history. In 1971, the same year when Freddie Mac started surveying lenders, 30-year fixed-rate mortgages hovered around 7.29%. to 7.73%. That was annually. Okay, the average rate of inflation back then, 1974, was 7% also. And then continued through 1981 to a rate of 9.5%. Eventually, the Fed strategy paid off. Inflation fell back to normal historical levels by October 1982. The mortgage rates tend, uh, the mortgage rates trend continued to decline until the drop to a low in 2012 to 3.31%. Okay, and that was the lowest level in history. The highest average mortgage rate was 16.64% in 1981. And believe it or not, houses still sold then. It was a slow market, but they still sold. The monthly payment for a $100,000 loan on a historical peak at 18.63 would have been $1,500 a month, $1,558 a month, compared to $438 at the historical low. Interesting. Now this is the this however nineteen uh, by decade nineteen seventy three the average was eight point oh four percent nineteen eighty three ten years later it was thirteen percent by the way that's I bought my first house I paid twelve and a quarter percent in my first house in New Jersey first house I ever purchased graduated from college here in California my first real job out of college was in Manhattan and I bought a house a couple of years later. Three, maybe three years, two, three years later in New Jersey, 12 and a quarter for a 30-year fit. That was in the 1980s. So 1983 is 13.24. Then it started to go down. 1993, 7.3. 2003, 5.8. 2013, 3.9. So now we're getting very close to being at a record low again. So, uh, you know, those people buying the house now, how would you like to be paying 16%, 17%? I mean, that's ridiculously expensive. This is Vestock, and we got calls from all over the United States. And here comes a call, a question from a listener in Texas. This is George from Texas. I have a question on Occidental Petroleum, ticker symbol OXY. Is there a chance for them to go bankrupt or, you know, get eliminated by what's going on? Thank you. Okay, well, he's probably referring to the really extra low cost of a barrel of oil. And, of course, the big big companies are the ones that are getting hurt because of that. Uh, I, I don't think Oxy is going to go out of business. Uh, they're a $13.5 billion size company. Their stock is $14.99. They're going to lose $4.28 a share this year, another $2.65 a share next year. Okay, cash flow, though, is still strong, very strong at $8.01 a share. So the profit margins are going down, but oil prices are starting to pick up. And they're probably going to continue to pick up slowly because the rig count, which is one of my talking points today, has collapsed, meaning supplies are being squeezed a little bit. Now, we have plenty of oil, so... Uh, we'll get into the rig count, why it's collapsed. But you asked, do I think Occidental Petroleum is going to 
survive. And I'm going to tell you, yeah, I'm pretty sure they will. I don't think they're in danger of going out of business. No. And, you know, remember, companies can go to business file chapter 11. There's two kinds of chapter bankruptcies, chapter 11, chapter 7. Chapter 11 is reorganization, and you come back out of uh, out of, as a, the same company but different shareholders because all the debt got wiped out or was converted into equity into the company, and usually the shareholders get 100% wiped out in chapter 11. Chapter 7 is this liquidation of the company, just liquidate it. And you as a shareholder may get something, may not, depends on how much debt they have. So I don't think Occidental Petroleum's have a problem. It's going to it's gonna hang around. Now, should you be a buyer of it or own it? Now, that might be a different issue. Um, I, might, I might take a shot at Oxia. I'd like the two bigger ones better. Appreciate the call. Thank you. 888-99 chart. Okay, uh, let's talk about the oil rig counts since we're talking about the oil company. Okay, oil rig count is those rigs that are out there that are pumping oil out of the ground. Okay. Producers are abandoning the least efficient wells right now. So the rig count has gone down by 75% in the past nine weeks. They've shut down so many rigs 75% down in nine weeks. Now, which ones are they shutting down? Of course, the more expensive, the least efficient rigs. So this is pretty pretty much what happens. It also happened by, this is not the first time. This happened in 2008 when we were in the recession. Oil rig count got shut, you know, same, same scale of number of rigs being shut down. And then when oil prices recover, they start to reopen them. So it's a matter of supply and demand for the oil. And right now there's a tremendous amount of supply with prices so low that companies don't want to keep pumping oil that they can't make money. Very normal. And that's one of the reasons why the big oil companies are having trouble because prices are so low for a barrel of oil that they are having trouble making profits. You know, and where are most of these rigs that were shut down? These 75% are shut down in the last number. Uh, they're in the fracking area. Most of them are in the fracking because that's their most least efficient wells. They're costly. They're costly. But once you drill a hole and you produce an oil well, you know it's very easy to restart it once you shut it down. So don't think it's not available. It is. It's just a matter of when they're going to wait for the oil prices to recover a bit. So that's the reality of it. Supply and demand. Works every time. Supplies too much right now. I'm Steve Peaslin. You're listening to Invest Talk. So obviously you understand the importance of unbiased guidance because that's what we deliver. We deliver unbiased guidance, uh, market analysis, all those things. So I encourage you to consider subscribing to our KPPP newsletter because you get that same unbiased guidance there. I written, I write it and distrib- distribute it every Friday. Every Friday. In the newsletter, you'll get valuable information such as the week's market analysis, portfolio management guidance, a couple of stock ideas, and subscribe anytime you want on investtalk.com. And now I'm ready to take your questions at 888-99-CHART. This is Invest Talk. Steve and Justin have just recorded a new rapid-fire hour at a faster pace 
you can hear answers to 29 caller questions. The podcast download is free. Go to investtalk.com, search April Bonus Show. And now the phone lines are open. Steve and Justin welcome your calls. 888-99-CHART. Hey, Justin or Steve. Just wondering if you could take a look at a gold fund for me. E-P-G-F-X. Euro Pacific Gold Fund. It's uh, owned by Peter Schiff, pretty famous guy, uh, listeners, podcasts and stuff. Seems really smart. But if you could just take a look at it and give me your advice, I would really appreciate that. Thanks for everything you guys do. Really, really appreciate the, the podcast. It's great stuff, and I recommend it to all kinds of people. Thanks again. Bye-bye. Well, I appreciate that. Uh, of course, this is doing well. It is a Euro-Pacific Gold, so it's a mutual fund that it, you can always tell of a mutual fund. It has five symbols and ends with X. You know, just by that, that it's a mutual fund. Okay, so... I can obviously do a lot of research in mutual funds, but you know that means it's different pieces of software. But I can tell you that they are into they're they're gold. Okay, it's a gold company. The stock has recovered pretty nicely from a low about seven dollars at the March. Now it's eleven dollars and eighty four cents. It's broken. I mean the chart. Look at the chart. It's broken out. So it's probably a fairly strong uh, gold play. Do I think it's too late? No, I don't think it's too late to be in gold. Um, the only drawback I would have on this fund, it's an A share fund, meaning mutual funds have A shares, B shares, C shares, D shares, all different kinds of shares. And each one of those letters at the end, if it has one of those letters, that's how commissions are paid. Now, you can buy no commission mutual funds just as easy as you can buy commissioned mutual funds. And this is an A share. That means they probably charge you 5% up front to buy this fund. So 5% of your money is gone right off the bat. And I don't like that. You can buy a gold fund with no, no commissions. Okay? So why not buy an ETF that tracks gold or gold miners or gold, the price of gold or whatever? There's, you can slice and dice it a lot of different ways without having to pay the commission. This one is an A share, so it tells me that it's a, a commission fund. Okay? I do like gold. I've been pushing it for a while. I mean, we're talking over a year. <laughs> so, and I, again, I'll point it out. I'm not a big gold person, but if there's an opportunity, I, I'm not afraid to take take the opportunity. I think we have a an opportunity in gold, and it's done very, very well, and I don't think it's done. How far it will run? That's a debate in our office. Justin and I don't necessarily agree on how far it's going to go up. We just both agree that it's going to go up. Now, there's no reason to slow down. Let's get to a live call. Bill Petaluma. How you doing, Bill? I'm doing fine, and I hope you are too. Uh, I appreciate I uh, all the advice that uh, you and Justin give out every day. I wanted to get your insight into a, a Canadian company called Brookfield Asset Management. Their symbol is BAM, and they've been kind of uh, written up in, in some things that I read as a, uh, uh, a good stock to own um, if it's recessionary-like times. Well, what, what are your insights in the, into the company? Okay, I don't have a lot because the description is pretty short. 
a global alternative asset manager with over $540 billion in assets under management. So it's big. So it's a big yeah, alternative asset manager. What's alternative? That means it's not necessarily in the stock market. It could be, but it's going to, it's not your normal stocks, you know, it's not your normal. They're, they're trying to be, so if you wanted to be, you know, diversify, this would be a very good diversified, diversified type of company to own. Because it yep, not they necessarily seem to have a, lot of a cash stock company. Too. Ah, uh-huh. I, I don't know. I don't have that information. I can tell you that sales have been growing pretty steadily. 9% the most recent quarter, 11% before that, 20% before that. So sales are doing well. Earnings are $2.80 and it's a next year and it's a $29 stock. So it's not expensive. Doesn't pay much of a dividend though. 1.6%. It's pretty low. Okay. They do have a lot of debt. If they have a lot of cash, why do they show a lot of debt? Do they have a lot of real estate? That uh, might yes, be because it could be mortgage debt. They're, uh, so there's real estate is about 15% of uh, their, uh, how do I want to put it? Uh, Revenue, I guess, and then they're in power and infrastructure. Private equity is 62% of what they do. Okay. So, yeah, so that's probably why they have the debt. Private equity and, yeah, I can see them using debt to do that. So, from what I can see, it looks like a pretty good fund, okay? I I would not, uh, the return on equity is only 9%. It's kind of low, uh, but it has very strong cash flow, $5.09 a share. Um, and I would probably make sure I'm looking at that debt to make sure that's real estate debt. And I don't have a problem with a lot of debt if it's real estate debt and you have a lot of equity in the real estate, See that, right? So what do you care? If the equity is worth $10 billion and you have $5 billion worth of loan, hey, that means you have $5 billion in equity, right? So you don't care if it's a $5 billion loan. You do, but it's not worrisome. So, yeah, it's a good diversifier. really is. Appreciate the call. Thank you. Okay, uh, let's see. Why don't we got some news items here? Um, uh, with the, Okay, the stay-at-home scenario that we've been, you know, hotels have been getting just, they boy, they're having a hard time, really. Year-over-year hotel bookings are down 58%. Revenue is down 76%. Hotel revenue down 76%. And bookings at high-end hotels are said to be down as much as 90%. So the high-end hotels are suffering more than the, the rest of the section. You know, they have the, you know, the, 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 the least expensive to the high-end. The, the high-end is hurting a lot worse than the least expensive. So the state of California has leased 15,000 hotel and motel rooms in the state. They have, the state has. Why? For homeless people to slow down the spread of the coronavirus. 15,000 hotel rooms. And only about half of the 15,000 rooms are occupied. Well, that's a good use of our California tax dollars, I guess. Empty hotel rooms that you're paying for. 888-99-CHARGERS, our number, everybody. 888-992-4278. This is Investalk. I'm Steve Peasley. And, of course, you know we always have one goal here, the same goal every day, and that's to help you achieve financial freedom. never changes. It will never change. Anyways, of course, our work is going to continue right after this break. 
But get your questions in now, 888-99-CHART. This is Invest Talk, the radio program and podcast dedicated to helping you achieve financial freedom. You may be a regular listener. You may even have called a few times. But if you've never called, what are you waiting for? The phone lines are open, and Steve and Justin would love to hear your questions right now. Call 888-99-CHART. Hey, guys. This is Brian from Oregon. I want to thank you for your podcast. I have a question about Boeing. Took a sharp hit with the COVID pandemic and has been steadily increasing its stock value over the last month or so. Do you feel like it's a good time to buy? Thank you. I'm not keen on Boeing. Uh, manufacturers, commercial, military aircraft, missiles, information, communication systems, they're going to lose... Uh, they're going to lose $4.15 this year in earnings per share. Then they're going to make $6.85 as a $133 stock. I will tell you this. You could buy here, and I think they will survive, and eventually they'll recover. They were a $340 stock before all this happened. But you got to remember, a major part of their business is relying on airlines. Airlines buying Boeing planes, right? And the airlines, you know... 50% or less occupancy. There's going to be bankruptcies in the airline business. And if Boeing, uh, if they, Boeing sold them airplanes and they're on leases or they're, you know, that Boeing uh, financed them, that's going to hurt Boeing even more. I, I think it's going to be a long time in recovery. So I'm not keen on the airline business and therefore I'm not keen on Boeing at this time. The military, military aircraft, missiles, that part of their business probably is fine. I think that's going to be fine because the government's going to spend money there. But it's going to be a tough haul for Airbus, Boeing, the two commercial, major commercial airline makers, and all airlines. When do you think air, air traffic will get back to normal? When do you think that's going to happen? I don't know. Let's go to Jacob in New York. He wants to talk about the S&P 500. How's New York, Jacob? It's uh, it's going well. It's still, um, I mean, considering everything, I think New York is is uh, handling it well and handling it carefully. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm curious uh, about the S P 500. It looks like it's had a double top on on a major line of resistance. I'm curious on um, even a triple top, uh, uh, maybe in the last day. So I'm waiting to see what this market will do if it'll roll over after seemingly not being able to reach the support level for the S P 500 or what you guys, you and Justin, are thinking the uh, the chart's going to do here. Yeah, it's right at what we would call resistance level. And I see where you're talking about the short-term triple top. I see that. And right. it's also at the 200-day moving average, right at right around the 200-day moving average. So there's, in technical terms, there's a heck of a lot of resistance uh, for it to go higher where right where it is. So we're, we're going to take a wait and see. We're not going to be too anxious, being too aggressive in the market. We still have money sitting on the sidelines. We're, you know, I think we added a half a position to one stock today or yesterday. Uh, we, we shorted a, a Chinese stock a couple of days ago, maybe three days last Friday, maybe. Yeah. So, I, you know, I'm not – even though the market's recovered nicely here um, – uh, uh, Jacob, I'm not anxious to be aggressively in yet. 
I'm in because I never got out. But you know what? I'm I'm, I'm taking a. Look. I want to see if it holds here. My my, I, I it should have a pullback. That would be normal after you know a move like it's made. But we haven't seen any sign of that yet. It's it's starting to move sideways, but still trying to threaten to break up. So I I. I Jacob, I'd be cautious about getting in the market if that's what you're asking. I wouldn't do it right this minute. When it breaks out, okay, when, when, then, I, then I'll, I'll start, I'll, I'll believe in the rally. You know, I'll, I'll go with it, but not yet. Okay, appreciate the call. Thank you. Okay, um, government's pumping cash into the biggest companies. If you notice that, they support the biggest companies out there. What about the rest of the companies? What about the small companies, the mid-cap companies? Okay, I mean, big companies can service their loans. They can they can survive. It's the small and mid cap companies that need help. Small companies, especially, you know, they're the ones going to be in trouble. You can't just shut down a small company expected for sixty days and then partially reopen and expect it to survive. It's much more difficult than that. I'm Steve Peasley, and this completes another Investop program, everybody. I will return with Friday on Friday with highlights from the KPP Premium Newsletter. In the meantime, please remember that you can download the free Investop podcast at iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify. Be sure to listen, review, rate, and please let your friends know and family and everybody else. And and reminder that April bonus shows there, too, April bonus podcast. We, Justin and I answered 29 questions on that. Have a great night, everybody. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice, or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is President and Justin Klein Chief Executive Officer of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial. And they thank you for listening and welcome your comments or questions on our 24-hour listening line at 888-99-CHART.